Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the wrestling podcast, getting over. We've got Hell in the Cell coming down from, uh, well, no, it wouldn't be coming down from hell, it'd be coming up from hell. Um, yeah, ignore me. Anyway, it's uh, it's the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. Um, if you're tuning in for the ready to grumble section, you're in luck. There is plenty to grumble about. Um, yep, we've got guest predictions. We've got lots of predictions and, uh, wrestling news. So let's get started. Here we go. This is cookie cast getting over. This meeting is being recorded. I love it. The, the, the lady always lets us know. Amazingly, never appears on the video, but it's fine because we're recording audio. So we'll always have it there. Uh, yeah, we, haven't it for, we haven't used it for 14 months, but all of a sudden we realise, oh, maybe everyone's a fucked hard, so, you know. <laughs> and on that note, Stu, it's over to you. <laughs> Seamless link there, Mr. Cook. Thank you very much. What an introduction. I, I, I mean, you know, so kind. Such kind words. Was, Welcome along, everyone. It's, it's that time once again. You may have guessed. There's a wrestling pay-per-view on the horizon. So getting over his back once again with a somewhat monthly dose of uh, wrestling and WWE-related absolute gibberish for the most part. Sorry, can we not use the word dose? <laughs> well, top, topical. I'm trying to keep it topical, you know. You need more than two doses of this podcast. Let's be fair; we've been going some some time. Um, and you know, if you didn't know that, go back, check out some old episodes, like, share, and subscribe, and all that good stuff whilst you're there. Um, and, and speaking of, of going way back, you're gonna have to cast your minds now way back to WrestleMania because we're gonna start as we always do with a predictions title. If you can cast your mind that far back, it's almost like somebody recorded this shit and put it on the internet so you know you've got help there um, was that the last pay-per-view no however that was the last scored pay-per-view per the podcast so currently your reigning defending pay-per-view predictions champion was mr moore with his somewhat dominant display at the time if you remember pulling out 10 out of a possible 14 points from from the two shows of the weekend and due to the scheduling of the pay-per-views, it is a title he has held for quite some time now. But let's get to the Backlash predictions uh, results and see if anybody else can take that away from him. It's like a Walter kind of longest reigning kind of thing. Like, no one's been there to wrestle you, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this point, obviously, should give give a mention to uh, Mr. Mike Jowett, who was our guest predictor last time out. So thank you again to Mike for his predictions. Let's see how he fared. So in no particular order, which is obviously a very particular order, as we always do, um, Andy and Matt scored four out of six. No. So instantly... To take joint title? Sweet, okay. Instantly, we have a new title holder, because you gentlemen 
were in joint last or third, whichever makes you feel better about the situation. Um, I say it is worth the mention that the competition was pretty strong because there was only six points available and four to finish like joint last is, is, is still pretty good going. But here's so you'd think that's going to mean a draw then, right? Or does it mean that somebody's got a clean sweep? Well, again, special shout out to Mike, our guest predictor from last time. He pulled out five points out of a possible six. Would it be enough to draw? Well, it was enough to draw with Paul, because Paul also got five points. No. That just leaves me. No. And for my first time ever, but for only the second time in the history of getting over on Cookie no. Cast, a clean sweep has occurred. Ah, I've lost six, my reign. Out of six. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, when the results were coming in, I was as shocked as, as anyone <laughs> that I actually managed to do that. Confident um, as ever, Stu. Like it. But yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was very, very pleased. Very, very pleased. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to pop that in the post, I will uh, quite happily. Or, or I suppose I could just take this one. I was going to say, just reach, just reach behind you and pull that one down. Yeah, I probably won't because the entire wall will probably fall down at that point if I do that. So yeah, um, we will make our predictions for the next pay per view at the end of the show as we always do, and we have a new guest predictor in place for this one. So stay tuned for that. So we'll go into the news now. The so stuff stuff that's happened since last time we were on and. There has been quite a lot. But for the third month in a row, we are headed towards talking about some more releases. Which is just bizarre, like how 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 many they've been and how long they've dragged this out. So names in this set of releases were probably the most shocking, I think, out of the group so far. Uh, names included this time around Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Ruby Riot. Lana, Buddy Murphy, and Matt's Matt's favourite out of the entire group, Santana Garrett. Um, what what do we think to the releases, and and what where do we think they're going to end up now? Uh, do you know what I think, uh, uh, Paul? Just uh, just uh, thirty seconds, if you wouldn't mind. Ooh, here he goes. It's time. It's time for some ready to grumble, ladies and gentlemen. If uh, if you're new to the podcast, you may not be aware, but we. Uh, if something's annoyed us a little bit, we take 30 seconds, we hit that ready to grumble, and then it's never to be discussed again. <laughs> when you're ready, Paul. I don't know if I can stick to that rule. <laughs> as, as we're recording, obviously it's the uh, it's the middle of the European Championships, so I'm going to get texts left, right and centre from all my mates who are watching the Italy-Switzerland game. So I'll try and keep those off the screen. And You ready, Andrew? Oh, I'm ready. Three... Two, one, go. Stop releasing talent from your company, you bunch of fucking muppets. <laughs> uh, I mean, what are you going to do with the rest of the 20 seconds? You don't even need the rest of the 20 seconds. <laughs> I mean, it's it's longer than 30 seconds at the end of the day, but what are they doing? Have they, have they just got one giant shovel and they're just shoveling talent out the door? Does that have any relation to light cards? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because um, 
obviously we've just discussed the, the, the results predictions wise but one of the matches that we predicted last time out Braun Strowman was in the main event for the WWE title and hasn't even made it to the next pay-per-view before he's been handed his papers like what what was going on like there's been a lot of stuff thrown up about are they, are they cutting people to cut the wage bill before a potential sale does anybody think there's any any like depth in that I'd heard I'd heard about a sale on the horizon. I just I think like I, I think we kind of, when we discussed it like on the group chat though, who's going to buy them? Because that the Peacock deals five years, and if only that the the pet the pet the, the pen is barely dry on that. So no other content maker is going to buy them. Because then you've got to buy Peacock out of that deal, which is not—it's not going to be just the four or five billion or whatever they paid them before. It's going to be more. Well, and you just kind of think like it, I can't—I can't see there being a sale for five years, I just, unless it's unless it's a different if it's an investment group or something like that. Then fair enough. But I can't see you know people are saying Disney. Why are Disney going to be like, all right, we'll own this company that one of our competitors already owns the entire rights to our library for, to put on their thing that, what are we going to do? Because you're just going to look ridiculous. You know, you're going to look ridiculous for four years until then they can stick it on the ESPN kind of app or whatever they want, you know, however they want to go about it. The sale thing to me... If they're gearing up for sale in four or five years' time, they're doing a really good job of knocking off a serious amount of value from the company. Because, like, I've seen like stuff like today saying Vince understands that the, that the product's stale. I don't. I, I honestly, I, I want to call bullshit on that because there's no way. And if if he does think the product's stale, well, let's face it, we know which way he's going to go. Because we know what he does every time that he pro- they thinks the product is stale. He doesn't go and find new talent. Or they do go and find new talent and chuck a shit ton of money at them and then release them in a few years. They go back to the old stuff. Yep. So Cena's already hinting that he's coming back to WWE. Yep. Broccoli Rob's back on the on the website. You know, it, it, the, product, the product is turgid and boring at the moment because... You know, I looked at when you sent the. I, ch- I went. I went to check the, the the card, and I was like, "We've seen incarnations of three of two or three of these matches already. Why? Why on earth do people want to watch? People don't want to watch the same build up. People don't want to watch the same matches. People, do. and you're releasing. You release it. You're releasing some of the most innovative and talented. You know." We talked about Alistair Black. We were all big fans of Alistair Black. And he's gone from the company and never really had the opportunity to kind of really show the creative mind that he is. That's because we need to see Goldberg again, Matt. We need to to watch... And and I I will say this every time. I, I have utmost respect for, like, people like Undertaker and stuff like that. But, you know, get Sting back on. Why don't we get Sting back on? Paul will be able to chime in on this. The way I was looking at it earlier, I was like, is this not like getting 
like the Euros are on at the moment. So let's uh, let's keep a small number of football players playing for teams for 30 years. Because they're not going to be getting injured at all. They're not going to be really old. They're not going to be a detriment to the sport in any way. Yes, we all love seeing John Cena, the I'm, Undertaker. I'm just going to ask you one question. All, all three of you, one question. So, does this finally mean that none of you actually care if The Rock ever comes back now? That would be different. That would be a kind oh, of... Oh, it would be different. It would be different. It would be different. It would be so different. I honestly don't it's see me, when I, they would I, be able I, to get The Rock to come him, back. I don't want to see him back. I, you know, I, I think the reason, why, the reason why I'm critical at WWE, and I'll be the same, I'm the same, you know, obviously I've made jokes about all elderly wrestling as well, um, but... You know, I know you need legends. I know you need people that that you need people that people recognise. But these people, you know, like Andy said, it, it's you know when the Premier League first started, we were getting the players in the twilight of their career coming from when, payday. You know, when football first started, did you say? As good as what we, when football first started, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When football first started, okay. But the, and we were kind of like, oh, these guys, they're all right, but they're not quite as good as what we remember from like three, four years ago. And the same kind of thing is happening with WWE. They're not, they're not, you know, like if you look at, and again, if you look at AEW, one of their most over characters is Darby Allen. And it's because he, he's, a, he's a quirky, he's a quirky dude. He makes his own videos. It's skate, you know. He does a lot of skating stuff, but they just let him be, kind of develop an organic fan base, uh, you know. And yet, you know, did it did it go over straight away? Perhaps not. But has it got over eventually? Yeah. And I think this this like thing with WWE is we want them to be we want them to be awesome straight away, and we've got to fit them in with the WWE cookie cutters, and we've got to kind of. It's got to fit our way because our way is the best way. And you kind of like it, it. It obviously isn't at the moment because your numbers are going down. And that, like what Andy said with the football team reference as well, it is also valid in the respect of yes, you don't want it to be full of too many old people because it'll be detrimental. And he's bang on with that. But but also as well thin it down to a couple because then players then essentially are still special players but you're building up your younger squad at the same time and getting a balanced team right across the books like, it, it works too, on the principle hot, too, uh, too top heavy it uh, works uh, on the principle that there is nobody out there that's any good that's what the, that's what the WWE is saying WWE is saying that there is nobody in existence that are any good you're telling me that they couldn't take a collection of people who, in this day and age, and correct me, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to speak out to anyone that who still want to be wrestlers, they couldn't take them, they couldn't give them a gimmick, they couldn't build them up, they couldn't train them up, and they couldn't launch them bigger than some of the big names. Get them in the ring, get them wrestling. Next thing, t-shirts start selling. Everybody loves, everybody loves something new. And they've got the money and the weight behind them to make anybody big. But apparently they've got 300 wrestlers on the books. Where? 
exactly because you're seeing what 20 wrestlers on Raw 20 on on Smackdown 10 probably as many on NXT I'd say but they're yeah. actually, they they share the airtime because quite often on on NXT um if somebody's not on one week they'll put a match graphic up saying this is happening next week and that's the exact way to do it so not only have you know they they got the money and all the rest of it they can do it for NXT and keep people invested and involved and keep it fresh what the fuck is going on with that main roster now because it, it's like, it's not it's not a big main roster and when you like you say you've got five hours of television to fill and you've got the same 40 people doing it it's just it's not interesting it's, let me ask you this like, of all the people that are listed as being in this pay-per-view that's coming up how many of them were in the last one um so only person who probably wasn't two people who probably weren't I don't think Alexa Bliss was in it and I don't think Rey Mysterio was in it because didn't they or did they win the tag titles actually I was going to say Rey Mysterio and Dominic were yeah. for, for so the last one was Baszler in it I don't think yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember Baszler being involved that was the, yeah so it is the two it is the, the two women from that match how much more interesting would would it be if your answer was none of them? It's a completely different card, completely different matches with completely different wrestlers. But then this man, we're get, we're getting we're getting deep on this. But like this throws back to the days of the brand split, and obviously they hammer the brand split now, like to the point where there's still a Raw set of people, there's still a SmackDown set of people. Fine, no problem with that. Did it work better then, in the olden days, if you like, of 2003, <laughs> when um, they used to have separate Raw pay-per-views and the following month was a SmackDown pay-per-view and it was only like the big four, as, as you know, as they get called, where it was like a super show where, where both the rosters came together. Does, does that work better then in, in your eyes? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see something like that, even if they were closer together. You know, even if there was just like a couple of weeks apart, but then, like, there was a month, so they had like one, then a couple of weeks later they had another one, and then the first one had like a six-week break, and the second one had like a four-week break, and then they ran it again. Mm-hmm. It would, it, it would be something, I know you're saying, you know, they used to do that, but it would be something different now. Yeah. But to me, the biggest thing is this. Every time we sit down to do this, we're talking about people being released. But is, are we having conversations about, oh, did you see this guy? And, oh, you know, this new new lady that's come on the scene that's absolutely tearing the place up. When was the last time you talked about somebody that was big and new? Well, I can talk to you about somebody that's new and old, if you want, because uh, off, on the back of the releases last time, we also mentioned there was one particular Eva Marie returning to television, and this very week was the time that they chose to, to drop the sort of re-debut, if you like. Um, for me personally, 
the bigger news wasn't her debut, but it was the fact that she didn't actually wrestle. And in her place was, if you only ever watch Raw, an unnamed wrestler that nobody has ever seen before. But if you watch NXT UK, which is partially where they keep all of those 300 wrestlers in the cupboard, um, it, it was Piper Niven. So Scotland's very own Viper, as was Piper Niven as she has been in NXT UK. So it does kind of like lead to the fact that she's probably going to get rebranded. But um, fantastic. I'm, I like it. It's a win-win that because I'm not like I don't think anybody's really bothered about Eva Marie wrestling. It would have been nice to see, and it still will be nice to see if she has actually developed or what have you. But um, the fact that they've got somebody instantly attached to her that can go, and to, the, to most eyes is brand new, that could be the example. But everybody's been burnt with like the stuff that we've just been talking about for the last five minutes or so that she'll probably get called something like you know Jane McDonald or something because they'll play on the <laughs> stereotype and like she'll end up being sort of you know behind before she even starts but we'll see I hope not like just massive congratulations to, to Piper Niven on the debut really chuffed especially because it's like it's, it's the old it's the old football theory and it? it's like she's British now but as soon as she starts losing she'll be Scottish again um but yeah, nice nice to see somebody who we've seen locally as well in this country. So so yeah, big congratulations to her. Um, just just moving slightly backwards to um, another release, but not one that I'm not, I'm not sure there'll be as much disappointment about this. Is the sense that Adnan Verk, the uh, what was the new lead announcer on Raw, has already left. It lasted forty three days in the job. And whilst the parting is said to be uh, mutual, I kind of get the feeling it wasn't. Uh, and especially on the basis that he, from his, his mutual consent side of things, cited travel being a grind for him and his family. But he signed a contract at a time when they're in a stationary position and didn't ever have to go on the road with them. So he kind of knew exactly what was happening. Anyway, don't buy that at all. Uh, but on, on the, go on, Matt, sorry. I, I can't remember what because obviously is he is he an ESPN commentator or is he he's baseball? He came from, yeah, he came from MLB Network, so he's he's. he's well, I'm not sure if he's still doing it as well, so I'm not sure whether he's going. Well, like, he is now. <laughs> he is there, but I think he was. I'm not sure if he was doing a bit of to and fro and stuff like that. He just wasn't very good, no. and but they're, they're busy trying to replace him with somebody else that's not wrestling related, aren't they? Well, he's not. They've already got him in place, um, and he's not from a wrestling background, but he is from a combat sports background. So, on the thirty-first of May episode of Raw, um, Verk was replaced as lead commentator by a guy called Jimmy Smith, possibly the most generic name in in all of the names that you know. It's not. It's not a very star-spangled name for uh, for WWE. That is it. So Jimmy Smith. Yeah, his his background is in combat sports, mainly in Bellator and UFC. Um, and he has also worked with WWE before as like a pre-show analyst in the past, so he, he kind of already had a foot in the door. Um, but in the in the last sort of few weeks since he's been in, he has made a difference to me um, as one of the people who still watches Raw weekly. And you know, he's he's not calling the moves by the wrong names, which is is a, is a big improvement in in of itself. Um, yeah, so yeah, we'll see how he goes. Give him, give him a bit more time, but it is, it is slightly better than it than it has been. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what 
turns up. Um, I feel like we've got quite quite a bit still to get through in the news, so I'll, I'll just crack on. Um, Matt very briefly touched on John Cena letting slip in an interview that his, his return is imminent. Um, didn't give any particular dates as to where or when, uh, but in an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet on his podcast, he uh, he very much said how much he was looking forward to donning the, sh- the the denim shorts once again in the not too distant future so something to that effect but um, it's got to be SummerSlam right? I thought so first, first big pay-per-view I was going to say is that, is, that, is, that, is, that the, is that not the next is that not the next big story that we're going to cover or that we'll come to eh uh, I don't know really I, d- I don't know what but at this point in time I don't think, like, I don't think there's a place for him naturally in a story. I'm not sure what's going to happen. You'd you'd have picked probably Wyatt, but Wyatt's been off TV as well. So the only thing keeping that on the back of them releases, the only thing keeping him in a job is the merchandise sales. Surely, because surely he's got to be a big puncher that's not really doing much on TV. Like, yeah. But um, but yeah, as as I mentioned there as well, the. the they are WWE have announced that they're returning to a touring schedule for the summer. Uh, they've announced a 25 city tour, including Money in the Bank pay per view, um, and oh, so Money in the Bank will be in theory before SummerSlam as well. Um, and it runs from the 16th of July, starting with SmackDown in Houston, Texas. Um, as far as I can see, all the way through to SummerSlam, which has been announced for Las Vegas in August. Um, happy that it's going to be back in front of fans again, or do we think it's a bit soon still? Um, I don't know if it's a bit. I don't know if it's a bit, the fact that it's a bit soon. It just seems a bit. Seems funny saying that after we've been doing this <laughs> over over the zooms yeah. for uh, over a year now. I don't know if it's for me. It just seems like it's a bit. Are they not? Are they not announced that they were doing WrestleMania there at some point, or have I just made that up? Because they've announced like, the next three or four, aren't they? But they're doing. Man, you put me on the spot now. One of them. They're doing LA next year. Mm-hmm. Then Dallas. Yep. Or maybe yeah. just those two. But I could yeah. have sworn that, like, we will. I think Matt had even said that, like, you will be amazed if Mania is not at Las Vegas in the next, like, three, four years. Like, I know, like, I don't know whether they just sort of, for want of a better phrase, spunk in their wad a little early by going in with uh, SummerSlam. It'll still. I don't think it'll put them off if if they've got two manias in between. I don't think they'll be bothered. I mean, Chris. Jesus, they did they did it in New Orleans twice in four years, didn't they? So yeah, that's true. I mean, to be fair, they've, I think they've already said, haven't they, as well, that they're only going to they're only operating at half capacity. Mm-hmm. So they're only going to do a bit of a trial run. Yeah, bit of a trial run. Fit some people in. You can do the kind of Raw and SmackDown. Smackdown and Raw at like MGM or somewhere like that yeah. during the during the week and well, stuff like that. So. Well, if anything, they might even like even even the the people at the um, at the Raiders might think, oh, a bit of a trial run for us actually using the stadium with people in it because they they didn't even though they were mm. there for the start of last season, they operated with no fans for any of the games, did they? So they're probably going to want to see. Um, how logistical it is to have people inside the uh, inside the building and stuff like that. Plus, does like, I mean, I'm, I know that Andy's been before. But I don't think either of you two have you been to Vegas, either of you two? No, no, no. I mean, there's 
there's so many like different like like not stadiums as such, but there's like so many different like venues. There's the T-Mobile Arena. There's the I think it's the Thomas and Mack Center. There's like there's so many different venues that can go to to do stuff. So if they wanted to do like an access style thing that they do for WrestleMania, which inevitably they will do, they've got two or three different like convention centres that can put that in or arenas that can put that in. Like you said, they'll probably use either the T Mobile Centre or the Thomas and Mac Centre for um the Raw and SmackDown of that week. They might even try and factor in an NXT takeover, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. And get that, that there. So you've got like the full sort of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like the York, they're usually like, oh no, because they're doing it on Saturday, aren't they? They're not even doing yeah, it on Saturday. Do thing, yeah, sort of Saturday night. But then, like, it would work sort of, you know, back to the, the, the last few years where it's been in Brooklyn, where SummerSlam's been in Brooklyn and they've then had an XT takeover in Brooklyn. So if they can. You know, there is a takeover due around that time, so um, I guess watch watch this space. We'll, we'll find out. It would seem a bit strange, though. It's like, like for me, if they were to do SummerSlam, then have the NXT takeover, it's almost a bit like you sort of having your having your Cup final and having a semi final played after it. If you've if you've watched it, absolutely not. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is that is fair. That's a fair point, but obviously, like. Would you look at it as a as a paid spectator? Would you look at it as you've had your you've had your main course and then you go back and have a starter? I reckon what they'd do is they'd um, knock off the weekly programming because the the NXT are coming around to having Great American Bash um, again, but that's going to just be an Amer- like uh, on a, on a Wednesday night on Tuesday. TV. So the, the chances are they might do the the, the two night event like they have. Um, you know, for, for some uh, takeover style stuff in the past, and have a bit of it on Wednesday night, which is on free TV in America. Next, like do the next night, like they did. It was for WrestleMania, wasn't it? It was the takeover for yeah, WrestleMania two nights, um, and maybe do it that way. So maybe have like takeover Wednesday, Thursday, SmackDown Friday, SummerSlam. Tuesday. 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 It's Yeah, but. I'm saying I'm trying to space the week out for him, Paul. That that particular week, whatever. Anyway, we shall we shall we shall move on. Um, last thing before we get to the predictions, and um, one of the names that came up in the previous podcast in the releases was one Mister Samoa Joe. Everybody was pretty surprised about that. Um, literally called WrestleMania and then was binned off the week after, pretty much. Um, well, he returned to NXT this very week, but not in a wrestling role. Seems a bit of a strange one. Everybody seemed to think that um, Regal was going to leave as GM, and it did. They did kind of paint the picture that way, so that's fair enough. Um, he was offered the job of general manager on screen by Regal, and he declined it outright. Um, but saying that he'd quite happily stick around to help William Regal get the respect that he deserves. And it started with a massive stare down with Karrion Cross, who's the current NXT champion. Um, so yeah, like bringing bringing Joe back to NXT in this kind of enforcer but non wrestling role, good move. And how long do we think it's going to last before he actually then ends up fighting again? Because it's got to be coming surely. Very good. He's not been cleared yet, has he? Has he not? He's not been medically cleared yet. Apparently. 
Uh, I'm surprised. Just, I'm surprised by that because they're normally very sort of reluctant to let them do anything physical if they haven't got any sort of clearance. So whether it was like he's not cleared to be touched, but he can, for all the better phrase, touch people. Um, <laughs> well, he uh, he quite quite handily choked out Adam Cole last night. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Um, I mean, he asked. He sh- surely he's not. I imagine he's not content with his with his lot in ring. So you'd imagine he'd what he's got at least a handful of matches that he still wants to have within the company. Obviously, he's never had he's never had a run at a, a major world title in the WWE. He had the one title match with um, Lesnar, but other than that, he's not never really sort of got to that level. I don't know whether whether he'd maybe sort of have that in his sights before he hangs up the, the boots and stuff but I'll be amazed if he's not at least in a featured match before the end of the year mm. I'm, I'm I'm really hopeful that he'll get a good run in NXT again because the card that they've got the, like the roster the stat that they've got now if, if they'd have all been there around the time when Joe was champion you think about some of the matches you could get like out of that it's just like yes please like I know it's like proper like indie mark or whatever but just yes I'm just a million times you, yes you look at you look at like what going back to NXT's done for Balor you know like the, the, he was kind of drifting along kind of you know and you kind of think it's, it's one of those moments where you think oh if he would have stayed on the main roster was there any chance he might have got released he might have been in this group and been released Whereas he went back to NXT and kind of came up with the Prince kind of character and become, I, I mean, you dare say better than what he was the first time he was in NXT. And you kind of think, right, well, where's he, you know, kind of, obviously he's had you know, the matches with Carrion Cross now. You kind of think, where's he going to go next? Because it'd be quite interesting to see that character I was like, why, why am I kidding myself? I was like, oh, quite interested to see that, that coach on the main roster. And then they'll fuck it up, so there's no <laughs> point, is there? Yeah, you know, I was about to say the dumbest fucking thing I've ever said, I was ever going to say then. And it's just like... <sighs> but, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not sure whether Joe looks kind of ring-ready kind of thing, whether he's going to get himself kind of ring in ring shape and that's what he's going to work on. And hopefully get the kind of clearance, the kind of Daniel Bryan edge clearance on the concussion thing. I hope he does because there's he's in the best possible place for it though now because he's still got a presence now on weekly TV. He's working one night a week, very little travel, and he's based right next to the training center. Like what? Yeah. More, like if if there's ever a setup to get him ready to, for a proper comeback, that is it surely. So, um, so yeah, I'm very happy about that. So yeah, so shall we move on to the predictions, gentlemen? Yes. Okay. So check your calendars. It's absolutely not October, but here we are predicting the hell in the cell for for 2021. So after a little bit of a reshuffle in the schedule, although they haven't released the what they are for the rest of the year as yet, um, Hell in a Cell makes a move to the first half of the year. So. Um, if you're a stickler for tradition, you can pause it now if you like and come back in October and listen to us before you finally get watch, uh, watching the pay-per-view. But 
we'd be more than happy if you stick around let's be fair uh, Helen Assel comes to us live this Sunday from the Thunderdome still housed at the Youngling Centre in Tampa Florida and as always the match card we're about to discuss is correct at the time of recording and so far as uh, Andy can attest to WWE have offered up a measly measly five matches uh, it's not a diss to the quality of the wrestlers that are in those matches necessarily uh, but I would kind of expect more to probably be added in the coming days either on Smackdown um, or maybe even via social media if they really can't be asked with the card so let's get to it first match on the card is Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler uh, so over the last few weeks, Reginald, the sommelier who used to accompany Jackson Baszler as the tag team, had been the victim of a series of mysterious attacks. Baszler accused Bliss of being behind the attacks, essentially causing them the distraction that lost the women's tag team titles. But the fun really started with this rivalry um, in the last couple of weeks, where Shayna decided to take out her frustrations on uh, Alexa's friend, Lily. If you've not been watching... Lily is a doll, uh, a doll that Alexa now claims tells her to do things and apparently has been with her all the whole her whole life, there's been some really good um, photoshopping going on, them, them, them boys have earned their money, uh, but following the uh, the attack on the doll, there's been some theatrical elements in, in play as well, so creating like this eerie atmosphere wherever Shane went, but it culminated with uh, Baszler locking herself inside her, lock, her own locker room. And then as she looked in the mirror, the doll was just behind her. So it was kind of... It, it was alright. I, I thought that was okay. Um, but yeah, it's the first match between these two outright. So who's going to take the first victory in, in what inevitably, as we've discussed earlier, will probably be a series for the next four or five months. Um, I should probably mention, again, our brand new guest predictor at this point. So he will be listening along. So Max, thank you very much for, for getting involved. I appreciate you listening and getting in touch to uh, to sort out the predictions. Um, as he is the brand new predictor, maybe I should throw his uh, predictions in first. Um, he has gone with an Alexa Bliss victory, and he did specify by DQ. Um, I'm not sure why he didn't specify why the DQ, uh, but he, he has gone for an Alexa Bliss win. Does anybody else want to jump on the bandwagon of Miss Bliss? Yeah. So that's uh, that's just everybody then, because me included. And obviously, the, uh, obviously the listeners of the podcast got a real uh, a real treat there. <laughs> well, Did you ask if anyone wanted to? Uh, it was listener gold that. Like, no, no, I'll just leave that. I'll just leave it. There. It's it's just another reason why if you've not already, you should head over to YouTube and click the uh, subscribe button. Get yourselves over there. So right, I'm, I'm, this is this is going to be, I would say, possibly the quickest set of predictions in any pay-per-view that we've discussed in 34 episodes of this podcast. Is is there a possibility that we're going to end up with all all the same predictions for every single match? Um, only on the basis that I've already seen Max's predictions, I would say no. But it will be very close. Well, if we do, but if, if us four end up with the same set of predictions, we'll have to come up with like a tiebreaker for, say, whatever we think the main event is. We'll have to go like 
time of the match or something like that as, as the tiebreaker. Okay. Um, right, so yeah, so just just for those keeping score at home, everybody, everybody, probably not just the people talking about it on this podcast, but everybody that actually watches WWE will probably be picking Alexa Bliss. So, next match I have is the WWE Raw Women's Title Match, which is the champion Rhea Ripley defending against, does anybody want to hazard a guess? Oh, that's right, Charlotte Flair in a title <laughs> match. I feel very negative this way this time around. It's, uh, it's, it's been a bit jaded. Busy. Been a little bit wearing this month, to be honest. Um, so yeah, these two are continuing to go out following the triple threat at last month's pay per view at Backlash. Um, Asuka's dropped out of the picture because she's taken a bit of a beating from both of them since that pay per view went down. Um, the competition between Ripley and Flair created a beat the clock challenge as well in the midst against Nikki Cross who's been thrown into the mix in recent weeks and both women ended up losing the beat the clock challenge to Nikki Cross although technically that is just the time running out and Nikki Cross not getting pinned WWE logic strikes once again everybody but yeah um, Nikki Nikki Cross is actually somebody who is nice to see back on TV as well whilst we're here because um She's she could she could be a bit of a breath of fresh air, and you probably have to think at this point in the way that they've positioned her, that she is going to be the person that takes the reins between probably whatever happens this weekend and SummerSlam. You would have thought probably won't be in the match at SummerSlam, but will be asked to uh, sort of keep the Raw Women's title ticking over in the meantime. I would expect, um, but yeah, Charlotte Flair challenges Rhea Ripley, who wins. Charlotte Flair. It's not in Hell in a Cell, is it? It's at Hell in a Cell, but not in Hell in a Cell. I mean, Ripley, please. It's in a trick there, because then they could say for the first time ever there'd be three on one night. So Andy, Andy dives straight in there with Charlotte Flair. Yeah, because I'm working on the principle if I just keep saying Charlotte Flair, I'm eventually going to be right. So <laughs> call the call the uh, Randy method. I think put, is the uh, yeah. Randy will eventually win one. On one. Put uh, in fact, put me Charlotte Flair down for the next few. Uh, you know, <laughs> heard it here first, folks. But yeah, Charlotte Flair. Oh, man, Charlotte Flair spawns the Randy method. That sounds a little bit wrong on this podcast, but um, but yeah, swiftly swiftly moving on. Matt, are you uh, you wanted to take the next one then? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go Ray Ripley. <laughs> I think they're probably going to keep it on until SummerSlam and then get, give it to Charlotte in front of people. Okay. Coming out with all the euphemisms this evening. Um, I'm also going to jump in on, on the, the Rhea Ripley prediction there, as is our guest predictor, Max. He messaged me to say that he's picked Rhea because he thinks they need to invest in her and give her a good run um, and she looked particularly good in fighting off Charlotte on, on Raw this past Monday um, almost almost doing for Charlotte what uh, Nia Jax did for Becky Lynch once upon a time uh, leaving her with a bloody nose as she walked up the ramp so it was uh, it was it was looking a bit tasty so yeah that, that did actually make me a bit more interested in this match this coming weekend so yeah I, I, I agree with what Max has said on that one Um so Paul, that leaves you to either make it four to one in favour of Rhea, or balance it slightly more at three to two. Rhea, please. Four to one it is then. Okay. 
So they're getting over team essentially very firmly behind uh, Rhea Ripley on that one. Right, next match on the card is another women's match. Of the five matches that have been announced so far, three of them are women's singles matches. So, uh, yeah. Like, Everybody said that WWE was sexist and not putting women over. Somewhere, Cornet's, Cornet's looking at the uh, at the um, card and he's, he's pulling his hair out. He can't believe it. He can't believe there's more than one women's match. When uh, when we get to the any other business bit, um, if if I forget, reminders that we should very briefly touch on Triple H's uh, press conference call about the uh, about the women's situation before we mm. before we head off into the uh, ether of the internet. Uh, so yeah, the women's title match for SmackDown at the Hell in a Cell pay per view is the champion Bianca Belair defending against Bailey. Another match that's not inside the cell. Uh, rivalry has basically consisted of these two just laughing at each other pretty much every week since Wrestlemania very odd Bailey laughed at Bianca then Bianca laughed at Bailey and then they both laughed at each other I'm pretty sure they've even laughed at themselves at some point um, if I'm being honest and I mean you might be picking up that I'm not feeling the most positive about all this at the moment it's probably not their finest work so far um, but they do have more than enough potential in the ring so let's see what happens in the match of the weekend so we'll, we'll, we'll hang on to that for now um, the interesting point for me in this one is one key line that Bailey said. There is absolutely no way, uh, no no sorry it wasn't that one it was uh, <laughs> it was that she would be the one laughing after Hell in a Cell, but wouldn't be the only one. What do we think Bailey has up her sleeve, and who leaves Hell in a Cell with a SmackDown Women's Championship? Ella. Okay, that took Paul all of a second. <laughs> Um, I don't know. He's, 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 she'll try and pull out some sort of shady dealings or something, but it's it's. I mean, it's it's time for me to crack out the old favourite phrase, isn't it? Because she ain't, she ain't doing anything in this in this department for the next sort of like however many months. There's absolutely no way Bailey wins this match. I mean, it's, it's what the people tune in for, Paul. All the catchphrases. Got to get them in. Okay, well, Max has wholeheartedly disagreed with you. Max has picked Bailey, And when I said that I thought that there wouldn't be a matching set of uh, picks, this was the match that I was uh, referring to. Um, does anybody else want to join Max by picking Bailey, Or has Paul's tirade of uh, abuse put, put you off? No. <laughs> I'd pick Bianca Belair. The only person that's going to be smiling is when Dan Housen gets his uh, ding dong hello Housen uh, shirt that actually fits him. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, Google it. It's worth it. Um, He's even got X Pac texting uh, Triple H to ask him where his t where his t shirt is. Well, as a, as a side note, this is probably more for us just being geeks about it. Did you see that RJ City was on the bump this week? So like they're starting uh -huh. to like infiltrate slightly. So. Fingers crossed. Anyway, um, again, if you if you're not with us on the YouTube's, go and do it. You'll have seen everybody shake their head when uh, I asked if we were we were joining Max with his Bailey pick, and um, clearly, Max, we think you definitely definitely smoke something before you send me that text message because nobody <laughs> has agreed with you on that one. Four to one in favour of Bianca Bella returning. Uh, moving on. 
to the fourth of the five matches on the card. I'm going to go with a universal title match. And this is inside Hell in a Cell. And it's Roman Reigns defending against Rey Mysterio. Bit of a family affair this time in the first Hell in a Cell match that has come up on the predictions. The Samoan Dynasty versus the Lucha Legend. Uh, as mentioned by us previously on the podcast, we kind of alluded to the fact that we thought the Usos would end up challenging the Mysterios for the SmackDown Tag Team titles if and when they won it. That's exactly what happened at the pay-per-view last month with the Mysterios and the Usos had a match against them on SmackDown in the meantime. Um, the match didn't kind of wasn't really going to, to plan as far as Roman Reigns saw it, so he took it upon himself to interject himself into the match. Basically, beat the absolute living out of Dominic Mysterio, which is uh, obviously Ray's son, drawing the ire of uh, of Ray, who then ended up challenging the head of the table to the match inside Hell in a Cell for the Universal Title. Quite a simple story, easy enough for him to, to get it in. Um, do we think that Ray has a Ice Cube's chance in Hell of unseating the champion <laughs> at this point? No. <laughs> Don't I'm do it. I'm going to tell you now. Don't do it. I'm going Don't to tell do you now. This, Don't be that guy. This, when I was when I was writing out the match card, before I'd even had a text back from uh, Max with his predictions, before we'd even arranged what time we were even sorting this out for for the recording this podcast tonight, as I typed the match card out, I just put Roman Reigns in every single box on this line, and uh, Max didn't disappoint. Anybody else picking Rey Mysterio at all? Paul, look at him. Are you playing for points, Paul? Uh, no, Mario was. Uh... This was going to be the point where I was going to say, if I had, if I did have a, a particular grumble, it, it would be, it would be about this. But it's not really. It's, oh no, yeah, you can do. You can stick us thirty seconds. Go on. Right. I, uh, I, I haven't got that functionality. Has anybody else got a timer? Because we've, our, our time man's decided to go on on the, the grumble running. <laughs> I mean. Okay. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Why would you use your so-called most dangerous match stipulation for a beginning of a feud in a pay-per-view? This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Just because it's at Hell in a Cell and it's for the title doesn't mean you have to put it inside the cell when they have no previous interactions with each other. Very, very, very tightly to the 30 seconds. Can't disagree with anything you just said. It just harks back to the lack of writing and storytelling that, that there is. It's just this kind of like... Sort of zero plan. I just think it's shit. We need to get a legend into a match because people want to see, you know, Rey Mysterio. Uh, fuck it, we've got we've got this tag thing, and him and Dominic have got titles and the Usos. Oh well, they can wrestle each other, and ah, oh, oh, well, oh, now we need something for Roman Reigns to do. Oh, he can he, he can beat the living piss out uh, out of Dominic because that's what he seems to be good at at the moment. Hark back to last year when uh, Jesus Christ. The Seth Rollins beat down was horrific. Yeah. Um, and we chucked Ray into a match. Uh, you just like. Oh man, can you imagine if they had like more talent they could use? 
Uh, That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? You know, you wouldn't have this whole, let's just push these people together to do a thing. Can we we just take a minute to recognise just how dangerous, as Paul mentioned, this match potentially is, but even more so for a man who's had his retina reattached and put back in uh, after the beatdown from Seth Rollins that Matt was just mentioning last year. (laughs) At the horror show. Why didn't they call this the horror show? Because... uh, could well be that just yet. Anyway, it's um, called product that at the moment. <laughs> Max Max did also say that he expects the feud to continue, um, ultimately leading to where we we mentioned before as well about the the, the Usos will end up with the tag titles, Roman will end up with the, the keeping hold of the main title, but he thinks that eventually it's going to lead to Dominic and Ray against each other at some point um, as a result of that team falling to pieces um, he's actually put down that he thinks it's going to be Ray that's going to turn on Dominic but I would have it the other way entirely round for me personally um, sorry Max if you're listening I've just crapped all over your, uh, <laughs> your storyline prediction but Dominic's the bigger guy, Ray Mysterio is like the, the, the he's, he's like you know the the eternal baby face. He's never going to be a bad guy ever, ever. Yeah, but yeah, but he's got the he's got the uh, he, he's got the the perfect excuse, hasn't he? He's got the perfect line because he taught Dominic everything he knows, but he didn't teach Dominic everything he knows. Oh well. Um. So yeah, Paul, get your CV together. Send it to uh, WWE headquarters, Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, creative director. There you go. Um, I think you'll yours. find all all the CV they need is contained right here in these podcasts. <laughs> uh, well, as we mentioned, it was a short card. Here we are, already at the very last match that's currently listed. Uh, it is another Hell in a Cell match. It is another title match this time around for the WWE title. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Champion defending against Drew McIntyre. Seems like another pay-per-view and another title match for Drew. Um, sticking with the theme of this podcast so far. It could be the last time, however. They've actually done some story. You'll enjoy this bit if you don't already know. Um, thanks to the negotiations of MVP, uh, during the contract signing it was added in that this will be the last time that Drew can challenge for the WWE title whilst Lashley is champion. Drew accepted that, but only on the basis that the match would take place inside Hell in a Cell. So, Paul, it's not the beginning of a feud. There is a reason to this. Absolutely, absolutely no problem with this one. They worked in they worked in the story bit with the, the the last shot of the title. So the only question remains: Is the Big Scott going to become three-time WWE champion this weekend, or is the Almighty Era going to continue with? Uh, as, as my Seth would say, Bobbly Lashley. Good old Bobbly. Where are we going? Bobbly for me, please. Okay. Um, you are joined on that prediction by Max. And, and this man here. Right here. And, and right here. <laughs> right here. And, me. and was that you as well, Matt? No, no. <gasps> This is the one where, I, like, I wrote, I wrote down my things, and the first four, I was like, yeah, Bliss, because if, if it, for whatever reason they want to keep on building this character, um, the kind of Rhea Bianca, similar kind of reasons as to like Max said, 
the Reigns kind of thing, I don't see that going anywhere else. But with this one, it's like, you kind of, it, it's the kind of, the rational kind of real life element of Drew's been grafting for what? Like, 18 months? Kind of 20 months now? Are they going to give him a break? Or is it going to be finally he gets, he gets the title back and then carries it through to SummerSlam or something like that? Uh, but I've gone Drew just to be different. Playing for points, it may pay off. It was written down, it was written down on a piece of paper there. Not just. I mean, it, it may pay off. Or you may be the person I ask to do the tiebreak question for us next month. Who knows? <laughs> so... I'll wait for the text. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you, if you didn't gather from that, everybody apart from Matt is picking Bobby Lashley. Um, Bobbly, good old Bobbly. Um, Max has uh, has elaborated somewhat, and he says he thinks that it's because somebody else is going to win the title off Bobby, and then Drew will win it off them. He has predicted possibly even Kofi. Don't think anybody'd be uh, angry about that. Um, also, the fact that surely, if if that if that is in, like you say, if that is what happens, then yeah, they, well, I don't think there'd be many people that'd be annoyed with it. The only way that's going to work, though, is if Drew turns people. <laughs> just, just take the time. Sorry, sorry, what? Sorry, what? I think we found the person who's going to be angry about it, and his name is Mr. Andy Cook. And if it was Big E, I'd be all right with that. Nah, he'll be too busy winning the Universal title, don't worry about it. And the, Max, Max also said that the fact that Drew pinned Bobby clean on Raw before the pay-per-view also makes him a little bit nervous as he wants he actually wants Drew to win as do I, as we all know, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, everybody knows that I want Drew to win I just don't think he will, I think he'll be uh, taking a back seat my prediction, on the same line as what Max has said is that um, actually it'll be Brock Lesnar that takes the title off in the SummerSlam Yes, and, and then and then Drew will Go take on. in in a in a bit of a reset of WrestleMania thirty six. <laughs> I put he's got to do it in front of a crowd, surely against against good old Brock. Oh, I want, I want Drew to win it in front of a crowd, or you know, retain in front of a crowd. I just not against. <sighs> Again, it's like I think nobody, nobody on the podcast would be bothered if Brock ever like just didn't come back, apart from Andy. And I think that nobody would be bothered if Kofi won the title on the podcast, apart from Andy. So, because uh... <laughs> I've got vision. <laughs> this is I love it. This is the guy who was saying about using the new talent, and he's looking forward to Brock coming back. Brock coming back to do five dates in the next like ten years. For ten million dollars. <laughs> so let me just have a quick scan of um right, me and Matt don't have the same. Me and Paul have the exact same predictions. Sorry, I am um, sorry for your loss. <laughs> shots fired. Both of you both get thinking of questions. <laughs> so so Matt, Max has a different set of predictions, Matt has a different set of predictions, and Andy with his um Somewhat possibly not ridiculous Charlotte Flair pick um, also has a, di- a different set of uh, predictions. So we shall see who gets it right. Watch watch the pay per view this weekend. 
listen to the listen to this first make sure you get it finished tick off the points see if you can work it out and if you can't be bothered to keep score come back next month because you know we'll be doing it um so any other business we did we did very briefly touch on the triple h thing well actually i set that up because i thought it was quite nice to see that um obviously mickey james aldis is in nwa correct with a husband and you know billy corgan um <laughs> should specify that her husband is not Billy Corgan. Her husband <laughs> is Nick <laughs> Aldis. <Albert. laughs> I mean, it might have been a shock if he ever gets to listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, they've announced that they're going to do a whole a, 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 a female only um, pay per view, along with um, my my favorite my favorite wrestling personality, Maria Canellis Bennett, doing one with the uh, Ring of Honor as well. Um, well, yes, the aesthetics are weighed up by the annoying personality. Um, but obviously, yeah, they both um, announced that they're going to do female-only pay-per-views or pe- female-only shows at some point. And then I'll, I'll tee up Stu to uh, deliver us with the, the uh, what is it, what's his, net, what's his role now within WWE? What's, what's... Uh, Mr. Mr. H's um, uh, role in the WWE now. Oh well, he's he's, he's apparently there to uh, not give two shits about being uh, classed as sexist. Is the, <laughs> is, the is the point I took from his pre- press conference? So, the officer of equal rights and. Uh... <laughs> well, will it, will he will he possibly get that? I mean, he did he did go in a little heavy handed because, I, you know, it was. The question about the because the thing the thing about Mickey James organising this uh, pay per view with with the NWA wasn't just the fact it was going to be NWA. She she was quite open in the sense of she wanted to work with female talents from every single company and wanted everybody to get on board with that. I mean, definitely sounds like something WWE will do. Never, um, unless it benefits them. So the question during the NXT press conferences. Uh, in the past week in the build-up to TakeOver was put to Triple H and said about, you know, what's happening? Are you going to do it? Are you, are you going to even do like another Revolution uh, pay-per-view again? And I think the answer was something to the respect of if I made a pay-per-view with all men's matches, you would tell me I was a sexist. <laughs> I mean, just wind your neck in there, lad. Just think think back about 20 years and uh, you were on some of those cards. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not sure really how much merit his, uh, his response will garner. And you know what, to be honest, I'd be alright with them. And this isn't just me playing politics because this is a recorded recorded uh, piece of media, if you like. But genuinely, I would like it if they did Evolution. I enjoyed the first Evolution that they did. Um, everybody on that card absolutely busted their asses for, for, for the, the whole event. Go on, Paul's, Paul's taking issue. It was it was great. It wasn't an all women's pay per view. Michael Cole was doing the commentary. Yeah, and they probably had the male referees, right? Yeah, like I mean, like if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you might as well go the whole hog. You had Renee, you had Renee. I can't even remember what they called her now. Renee Young. That's she was the one. The um, they had her at the time. They could have. She could have comfortably. 
carried that as the lead commentator and brought someone like Leiter in to do colour or Beth Phoenix to do colour or anyone else in the, in the company to do colour that was a female but they didn't they just ran with Michael Cole because that's what they do if you're going to do it if you're going to say we're going to do an all women's pay-per-view literally deliver an all women's pay-per-view all women referees if, like, if anything they should even go to the sort of extent of like, having like all female camera crew and stuff like that I mean there's there's definitely ways to do it mm-hmm I think it's, it's this kind of like, it, it's this kind of pushback against, oh, you know, people are woke and people are this kind of thing. And it's like, you, know, you can't tell us what to do. And, well, oh, that's not being very fair. You know, like, like you said, you know, there was tons of, you know, all male um, cards with the only women on the cards as a bit of kind of yeah. eye candy for people and, you know, Bikini contests and bra and panties matches, bra and panties matches, and they've they've got they've got a lot of work to do to undo what they did before, and you know it's like saying it's like doing things like you know saying you can't have a female football world cup or something like that because it, no it, it's got to be equal it's got to be fair you've got to but you've got to push things up to kind of get them to the point where it is an equal standard. I still think, and you know, you're perhaps not going to change some people's minds, but I think at some point you've got to try and really push the fact that female wrestlers are wrestlers and they go and they can go better than some of the men. Some of the shit that's forced down our throats from the male side of the wrestling is way, you know, the, the talent, there's... Mm, the Jackson the talent that you want to see... Um, it's, yeah, um, that you want to see sometimes is not, you know, you look at you look at NXT, you know, you, you want to see Io Shirai, you want to see kind of Ember Moon, you want to see some of the some of those wrestlers as opposed to some of the people that are on the main roster, some of the main roster female wrestlers, you want to see them go, and it's this kind of thing of female wrestlers can't wrestle male wrestlers. It, it's this kind of you know, it's an entertainment product. And it's this kind of casting this, yeah, this kind of, kind of casting this weird kind of spot of there. Well, no, no, we are equal because we treat everybody the same. And you're like, yeah, but you know, how often is it the women's match gets ten minutes out of three hours? Or you, you, know, you kind of think, you know, NXT is. I mean, I don't know whether he's thinking in his bubble of NXT. Is NXT more equal than than the main roster? Possibly, probably. Kind of, if you watch watch the show, like if you watch the last, I haven't watched this week's NXT, but you watched the one before. There was there was promos from the way. There was promos from like Dakota Kai and um, uh, Alvarez. There was Io Shirai, kind of part of it all mixed in together. Plus, there was there was female matches as well. It's just, it's very closed-minded. NXT is more balanced, but that's because just, like, in terms of the, the, the presentation, but I think they genuinely have a, a more balanced roster. Yeah. Like, Raw and SmackDown are very male-heavy, so, really, that's represented in the output. It's, you know, it's not... 
it's one of them. They'll if if they ever get round to addressing that that balance, then then maybe it'll it'll follow the same suit as NXT. But and and likewise, if NXT was was top heavy on the male wrestlers, then would it become a you know the tip tip more one way that way? You'd, you'd, it's difficult. It's difficult to guess. But um, just back to the original thing. Like, appreciate what Mickey James is trying to do. Definitely get a few more. Eyes. It'll definitely get a few more eyes on uh, NWA. Um, plus, probably any you know independent companies that they end up working with as well. So, essentially, she's seen the gap in the market. She's absolutely gone for it, and why the hell not? So good on her. Yeah. Um, was there anything else anybody had for this time around? No, no not from me. Considering that the predictions were short, we had an awful lot of news to discuss. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for, for sticking along. And thanks to everybody who's uh, watching and, and listening to us right now. Very much appreciated. And obviously thank you to Max for his, uh, his time with the predictions. Um, as always, if he beats us, and he, and he could, then uh, prizes will be going his way. And I uh, might have a little, little word with him because uh, if, if predictions are tight, he might need to be on for a tiebreaker as well next time around, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, so thank you as always, and uh, enjoy the wrestling at the weekend. And, uh, yeah, catch you next time. Thanks very much. Bye. So there you go. What do you think of that? More importantly, what are your predictions? Tell you what, while you're, uh, while you're clicking the subscribe button and you're liking it, and you're doing all of those things, why don't you uh, drop us a little prediction? If you predict any of the matches correctly, we'll give you a shout-out. How's that? Hmm? 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 Big thank you to our guest predictor, Max. And a big thank you to the Getting Over Boys, as always, bringing you the wrestling news and the wrestling previews. So that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Bye.